0: Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of Highway to Hail, brought to you by the Michigan Daily and the Michigan Daily Sports section. I'm your host, Noah Kingsley, and today we'll have the hockey beat on the pod to discuss the upcoming final weekend of the regular season and and the postseason that looms ahead. Enjoy! Alright, we're going to get started here today with a little bit of an icebreaker. We're going to go... Name two foods that you put together that other people would find weird. Your best weird food combination. Connor, do you want to get us started?
1: So I said this before: anapasto salad. But my second item is gonna be strawberry milk. It's delicious.
0: That is That's so like weird. Is not norm- strawberry milk like a
1: normal thing? Yeah, but do you drink no, that with a oh, salad?
0: together. Like those just yeah. don't mess. I don't know. Right? You
1: need to wash it down with something.
0: All right. Well, interesting, John.
2: When I was younger, I would have Cheez Its and I would this specifically white cheddar Cheez-Its and then I dip them into I dip them into cinnamon applesauce. Oh. It's pretty good.
3: When I was younger, I really liked um, like the Annie's goddess salad dressing, and I would put it on spaghetti, and so I would eat spaghetti and <laughs> salad dressing and make it up really good.
0: Um when I was a little kid, I had these like these apple like fruit leather things, and you know, I would eat like ten of them at a time. Really? But I really liked them with like pretzel rods and I'd wrap the leather oh. around the rod. Ooh, it that's was not delicious. Even a, that's that's just, not a, a weird combo couldn't. As as yeah. It, it was extremely good. Maybe it's not weird, but it was extremely good.
1: Shut up. Underrated It's like a healthier pretzel stick. Like pretzel what? rod.
0: It, it there's a pretzel rod in the yeah, how is it healthy? No, no, no. The like bread.
1: the like the chocolate dipped ones. Like you ever have those like uh, the decorative oh, dessert okay, ones? Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, after those foods and whatnot, I think we should probably start actually talking about hockey, which brings us to this weekend series against Notre Dame, the, uh, the final series of the weekend. Let's just, uh, let's get started and talk about, you know, what we think they need to do to win this week. Uh, Charlie, you want to get us started off?
3: I mean, I think it's pretty simple. What Notre Dame's going to do is what they do all season, is they're going to hit you really hard, and they're going to try to slow you down and force you to the outside. So, right, like... A team like Penn State, what Notre Dame's going to try to do is they're just going to try to hit him, They're going to try to force them to the outside. But Penn State's okay with that because they shoot from the outside. So what Michigan needs to do is they kind of need to beat the trap that uh, Notre Dame's going to run in the neutral zone, and they need to really come to play with the physicality. Because last time when we were in Notre Dame, there was that game that just kind of devolved into a brawl. That could very well happen again this weekend. going to be a lot of emotions. Senior night, tensions are going to be running high. I think it's going to be a physical series. And if they can kind of overcome that, I think Michigan can win.
1: Sure, I'll go. Um, I think they need to roll at least three lines. I think the Fantilli, McGordy, and Brinley line, if they're together, they're going to roll. Fantilli was great against them to the point where they, they tried to challenge him off the ice uh, down in South Bend. I think if T.J. Hughes with Samos Gavich and Duke um, can, can keep going like they have been, I think they'll be fine. But they really need that third line uh, of Ciccolini. Jackson Halem and uh, Frank Nazar to really find their touch scoring um, I know they've been they've been off and on um, but they really need them to have a consistent presence getting pucks deep getting shots on goal and, and really generating something
0: yeah and I mean I agree with you on that I do think it'll kind of come more as like you know Nazar spends more time plays more yeah. games obviously he seemed to have app- acclimated pretty well already yeah. given that you know he has a goal he has a couple assists I think in yeah four games, four games
1: right. right and like He's going to run into stuff he hasn't seen. Like, he's still learning. But, yeah. you know, if they can get him to, like, who Frank Nazar can be, like, it's going to be scary. I right,
3: mean, because yeah. the talent's 100% there. I think he and McGrory were picked back to back with each other in the yes. NHL draft. Yeah. And um, McGrorty kind of went through the growing pains at the beginning of the season, too. There was a period where, you know, he really wasn't scoring. And then he stepped it up. I think he had that hat trick against Western Michigan. Yep. So I expect to see Nazar step up eventually. But whether that's this weekend, I think is more up in the air.
0: I mean, okay, yeah, so, that's, um, so then obviously this series carries a lot of weight for, for Michigan given that, you know, if they can outscore Ohio State, who goes to Minnesota, um, if they can get more points against Notre Dame than Ohio State can at Minnesota, they'll get home ice for two rounds of the Big Ten tournament. Um, I guess we can kind of just discuss, you know, what does that mean for them, how important is it, and, you know, do you think they'll
1: get it? I think they will because I think they, all, they only have to out-compete Ohio State against Minnesota, right? Oh, I, was John going to take that one? No, you're good. Oh, I, I, no, I just looked in my general direction. No, keep going. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> they just, I mean, Ohio State's not going to get more than like two points off of Minnesota. Let's be real here. Minnesota, Penn State came so close to beating, and I mean, they just overwhelmed them in overtime. Like, they're so talented, and I don't think OSU is going to beat that. Um, I, I, they'd really just have to win one against Notre Dame. Like, that's, that's super doable.
2: Yeah, and I think moreover too, you have to. This has already been pointed out, but I'd also like to double down and stress the fact that uh, Ohio State's going on the road to to um, Minnesota, and the fact of the matter is, it's hard to beat Minnesota in Minnesota. Even Michigan, who I would call the second most talented team in the Big Ten and and one that's really surged as of late, they struggled in Minnesota, both times going to overtime, narrowly taking the second game. So for Ohio State to come in, even though you know they had some success over Michigan this past weekend, I think it's a really low shot that they're going to walk away with more points than Michigan does uh, by the time this weekend's over.
3: I mean, I think that's completely fair, but I also don't think it's outside the realm of possibility. Because Michigan, like, despite the fact that they went on a run recently, for most of the season they were pretty up and down. And so, depending on what happens this weekend, I would say that there's a possibility that Michigan goes out and just gets completely stymied by Notre Dame. It happened once. There was that game they lost in OT – I don't see them losing two games, but, you know, Wisconsin beat Minnesota. Crazier things have happened. So home ice is, by all means, not a guarantee, but I think it's certainly on the table and likely going to be what Michigan takes this weekend.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'd agree. I would say, like, Michigan in that first series against Notre Dame, they went on the road, and they kind of, to me, dominated Notre Dame for four out of those six periods. Um, It just so happened that the two that they didn't dominate were – once they kind of got killed in at the end of the second game and as such you know they did blow that game go into overtime but also I mean I don't know I just it's so hard to win a Mariucci like Minnesota's the best team in the Big Ten like not like Michigan can beat them definitely other teams can beat them but like they're pretty clearly the class of the Big Ten to me and you know just going in there and T- and coming out with more points than Michigan team that handled a Notre Dame team once already this season for the most part, even if they ended up with the split, they still did get four of those six points. I just I can't imagine that Ohio State's coming out with more than three points at absolute max, and I see Michigan at least getting four. So you what's know. the uh
1: what's 43 years ago the Herb Brooks quote? Uh, Play them ten times, the win nine, but not tonight. Like that's the mentality you got to have at Mariucci.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, so then I guess we can move on. Sort of, like, do you how important do you really think that home ice is for their Big Ten championship hopes?
3: At the end of the day, I'm going to be honest. I don't think it's going to be the do or die thing that's going to kind of decide how far Michigan goes in the Big Ten tournament. Because obviously, home ice is a major advantage for Michigan. Yost is a great place to watch hockey, and I'm sure it gives them a big boost. But I think really what determines how good this team is if they show up to play and if they have more than one or two lines rolling. You look at the games where they've been the best all season, it's who's rolling. And I'm sure that home ice has a lot to do with that, but at the end of the day, I think that I would still bet on Michigan to win that second-round game if they make it, regardless of whether it's home or away.
2: Yeah, I'd also like to add, too, I think what makes home ice kind of important is not necessarily the fact that, like, Should should Michigan have home ice in this semifinal, I think what's going to be more important is not necessarily that they're home, but the fact that means they've probably had some success against Notre Dame to get there. They've evidently won in the quarterfinal to get there, and I think that's what's going to be more important. Now, of course, it's a little redundant to say if they lose in the quarterfinals, they're never going to get there, but let's say hypothetically they walk away with a sweep or even a split where you say, all right, they looked pretty good in that series. That's a lot more momentum coming into that quarterfinal. Then they win that, and then on top of that they get to play at, home in the semis that leaves you in a lot better place as opposed to they get swept at home by Notre Dame now you're traveling on the road to that semifinal it just kind of leaves an even worse taste in their
1: mouth yeah I'll I'll add like with a home series too you're you have more ability to control things you're sleeping in your own bed you're going to your own facilities you have your routines and habits in place and for a sport that's so mental that hockey is I feel like that's a a super big advantage Um, I don't I don't know if it would necessarily keep them from winning a road series, especially if somehow they slip to fifth, um, if, if Penn State and Notre Dame both sweep, um, and, and they have to play a series on the road. Like, I think they can totally win a road series, but I think doing it for, for more than one round, I think, is the, the biggest issue. Um, and like we said, like, I mean, Minnesota has clinched, so they're if they make the Big Ten Championship, they're going to have to win on the road um, at Mariucci of all, of all places, but I still think it's either way they're going to be in good shape.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll also add to that, like, I think something which maybe, you know, is important about getting that second seed is, like, you get Wisconsin in the first round, and there's six really good teams in the Big Ten, and then there's Wisconsin. And they can still win a game. I mean, they beat Minnesota. But, like, in a a three-game series, that talent is going to shine through more for Michigan over Wisconsin in a way where it still probably would against whoever the sixth seed will be, whether that's Penn State or Notre Dame or Michigan State. But it's just, like, those are... Those are teams that are fighting for their tournament lives. Those are teams that are really, really desperate, um, and they're, frankly, just better than Wisconsin. To get that first round, to have a little bit of an easier matchup, and then also get to be on, be at home, you know, that would be really big for even getting to Mariucci.
2: Yeah, put it this way, you know, you don't mean to be disrespectful, of course, to anyone, but if there's a team you want to choose that you want to play in the Big Ten tournament, it's Wisconsin. Yeah especially agreed
3: I I fully agree with that because the other three teams that you mentioned right Penn State Notre Dame Michigan State they have played I think each of them has won a game and then they played Michigan really tough in the other game that they might have lost or something like that like Penn State beat Michigan and then in the series they got swept they were up three nothing and it took Luke Hughes heroics for Michigan to come back so I think you really don't want to face a team like Penn State that's hungry that's kind of an upstart that's doing better than it's expected this year Penn State, Michigan State, those type of people. If you can avoid them as long as you can, that's what's going to be most important about home ice advantage. I think.
2: Yeah. I agree. They're playing with house money. They have nothing to lose. I mean, Michigan State was in their first year with Adam Nightingale. Is not necessarily supposed to be where they are now. Penn State is a complete and total surprise. And the fact of the matter is, it's a
1: roll of the dice whether you know anyone can beat them on any given night. Yeah, and let's not forget too. Like they took Minnesota. Uh, it was a home series, but it took Minnesota overtime, and it took Logan Cooley. Fleecing, uh, I think it was Connor McEkinan, McEkinan, however you say his name, um, like stripped him in the the defensive zone and scored. Like that was the only the way Minnesota was able to beat them. Otherwise, that probably would have gone to a shootout. And hey, Liam Folliere is a good goalie. Maybe they win that in the shootout. Like they're still a very capable team.
0: Yeah, I mean, I will add though. Like Penn State played well the second night against Minnesota, but they also lost. I think seven two yeah. the first Football night. Score. Yeah, so it's it's definitely like. Anyone, Penn State can play with anyone. Um, they were, they've been really highly ranked all season long. They're pretty high in the Parawise, or not all season, but ever since they started to get some momentum and we're undefeated. I didn't know
1: all season. Really? Because they were uh, they were fourth, I think, when Michigan played them. Uh, yes, after, and,
3: after after they beat Michigan. Okay, after they moved up. Yeah. yeah,
1: and even then, that shows how gritty they are. I mean, Michigan yeah. was up three nothing and ended up winning in OT.
3: They're also just such a goofy team to watch because they're always putting up like 45, 50 shots like, none of them they're expecting to go in. And just any time they have the puck past the red line, it's going on that.
1: Hey, Charlie, really but how nice about time. that crowd? How about that
3: crowd, though? Yeah. <laughs> sorry.
0: Yeah, yet again, Charlie and Connor's obsession with State College. We Patrick's are. Through. We are.
1: Yeah. We are. It's a, it's know, a great Downright right great
0: disgusting. This, yeah, is yeah, no, is this, great is, this is ridiculous. This right, is right, not
2: a freezing like, cold takes podcast. Can you go to the next one? yeah, I'm
3: sorry. Like, come on. Best in the Big Ten. I'm going to say it. I'm going to go out That there. is such ooh, a
1: That's, that's a such a best best ridiculous Best in the Big Ten. Man. No, Charlie okay. hasn't been to Mariucci yet, so he, he, gets, okay. like, he gets a gets Like, pass. best
0: rink in the Big Ten. the campus. That's like, so much. That's worse,
2: even. Me when I'm wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I mean, you've been to Northwestern's campus, Charlie. Yeah, it's kind of... Well, we're talking hockey here.
2: It's, okay, fine. The, we're the talking hockey.
0: architecture. I don't know. Wisconsin? Like I don't know if you've been, but yeah. it is... A million times. I have not
1: been to State Mad State City. College. I don't know about that.
2: Wisconsin's overrated, IMO. All
3: right,
2: we should. Pro- we should. Pro- yeah. I- Spot I- costless,
0: we should probably anyway, it. back to hockey. Let's let's move on to you know maybe predicting that Big Ten tournament a little bit. Where do we think Michigan ends up? You know, in terms of do they win it? Do they make the finals? Or do they get upset earlier?
1: I I think honestly the way they've been trending, if they're able to. Win one against Notre Dame or sweep, I think as long as they're able to, to get that second seed, um, I, I think that they're probably going to make the final because your path is Wisconsin and then probably what, Ohio State or Penn State, I don't see uh, who, who's left over there. Um, Notre Dame or Michigan State, I don't see them winning a series against either of those two teams. They play very well. They play to their identity and to their strengths. Um, and they're going to have, I believe, home ice in that situation Uh, because Penn State plays Wisconsin this week, and they're probably going to sweep them. Um, So if you figure that Ohio State and Penn State are the home teams, um, I totally see them making it to uh, the semifinal. And, I mean, Ohio State played really well in the outdoor game against Michigan. It's an outdoor game. The ice was terrible. Like, there are a lot of factors there. Uh, Michigan was able to respond really well against them after losing uh, at home uh, the first game when they – arguably played their worst game of the season. I don't know. I, I feel like Michigan's got that. I think Minnesota beats them in the championship game rematch from, from last year, um, but I, I still think they make it there. Yeah, I think I'd have
2: to agree with that. I, I will say, depending on who's at home, whether it's Michigan or they're on the road for that Big Ten semifinal, I do think it will have an impact. But right now I kind of can't see a team that is consistently going – consistently has beaten Michigan and has then lended itself to me believing that they're going to lose to them at any point in time. I think they do probably sweep Wisconsin or a team like it in – I mean, has Wisconsin locked up that seven seed? I believe they have. I'm right? yeah, pretty they, sure they have. Then, Dude, yeah. they got
1: like 12 points in the big time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty atrocious, all due respect. And three but, of them coming against Michigan.
2: Yeah, that was – I mean, that game was a, a goofy game, you could say. <laughs> Things are going rogue, but – um. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. Um, okay, but – i do kind of want to bring up what you guys were talking about i think with that two three matchup if that ends up being what happens if it's michigan ohio state i kind of think that whoever's home yeah. it's just like 55 45 right because yeah i mean no matter what happens i think michigan i think they would beat penn state pretty handily i think they've kind of figured out penn state's number they've got them down ohio state is just they're such a different team there's an Ohio State Michigan, there's always so much intensity, but this Ohio State team really plays everybody hard. And they also just have more talent than I think a lot of Ohio State teams have had in recent years. I'm not, a, Connor, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but they've just been like really consistently impressing um, me this
1: year. Last year, they also had um, Georgie Murkilov, who was a really good freshman. Um, so I, I don't know. Jake Wise is very good. He was in the team last year. Like, they're just a different team, I would say.
2: Their defense-first style is just so hard to crack from what I've seen. You know, It's kind of funny because we were just watching college basketball, and when you compare identities and the idea of an identity of a team, sometimes I feel like you can get swept under the rug that a lot of hockey teams have a very distinct identity. And when you watch Ohio State, it seems like they just have such a knack for locking up on the defensive end, taking that puck in transition, and suddenly there's a goal and you haven't looked the other way. And that's not to say that they have some undeniable speed or talent, right? That's a different kind of angle. But it just seems like... You know, you blink once or twice, and suddenly you're down a goal or two to Ohio State, and then they're parking the bus, and and you're left scrambling.
0: Yeah, and I mean, backing them up, they've got Jakub Dobic. I think that's how you pronounce yeah, it. Yeah. Um, and he, I think he was a Mike Richter finalist last year, at least a semi-finalist. Yeah, and um, he,
1: uh, he tied Luke Hughes for Big Ten Freshman of the Year, if that right. if that pushes the needle. Right, exactly.
0: He So he's a really, really good goalie, and you have the defense they have in front of him. And if you get down to them, it's, it's not easy to come back, you know. You kind of have to, you need them to, like, be taking a chance to really score against them a lot of the time. And, you know, I think you give up those early two goals and there's just there's nothing you can do. So if Michigan goes down early, they can find themselves in trouble. But I will say, I mean, other than that Ohio State series, frankly, Michigan has looked really, really good this entire second half, and I just think, I don't know if it's going to be enough to get them a win at Mariucci in the Big Ten Championship Finals, because that is, in my opinion, maybe the hardest thing to do in college hockey. Um, but It'll get them there, and so I'll say they lose in the final, but in a close one. Um, probably another classic in a series that has already produced a couple this year.
1: Do we think Minnesota fans are going to throw trash in the ice again? Yes,
0: <laughs> almost certainly. Um, okay, now I'm going to go a little rogue here, going to go a little off script. You know, before we before we get to the uh, the NCAA tournament, you know, Michigan is two Hobie Baker finalist or not finalists, but put- projected finalists, nominees yeah nominees right now um in adam fantilli and luke hughes um do you think either of them brings it home i guess
2: uh you know we we've kind of had this discussion before i'm gonna go out and say neither of them bring it home but not for a lack of talent or production or reason to actually receive it it just seems like at times there's kind of a I don't know how you'd describe it. Maybe it's because Fantilli won't be here all four years and neither will Luke Hughes. But it seems as though there's kind of a another component that maybe Connor you could even speak on this more. But there seems to be this some sort of ideal that a Hobie Baker award winner has to be like kind of a more glue guy esque. And and that's a little that's not the the phrase I'm really looking for, but I think Connor you can fill in the gaps here that it's something more about there's this like sixth sense about them outside of production, outside of, of just who they are as a player
1: yeah i mean kyle connor's freshman year i think he he led the country in points he had like did he have like 70 points or something something ridiculous. 71 it was something <laughs> disgusting um and he ended up not winning it uh the the mse quiz that we do um the joke for hobie baker winners is uh brendan morrison 97 kevin Porter 2008 and kyle connor got robbed in 2016 because mm. um, it was so just I and mean, he should have won it like far and away was the highest scoring player on on one of the the better teams in college hockey. Um, I I feel like the points don't matter so much as the, like, overall value to the team, but I still think, like, Fantilli is the heartbeat of that team in terms of scoring. Like, yeah, sure, Luke Hughes is the best, like, defender on the team and probably the best overall player, but Adam Fantilli is such a, just, talent. Um, I, I don't know, being the leading scorer as a freshman and missing, what, he's missed, like, five or six games, like Uh, because of World Juniors, because of uh, suspension and whatnot. So um, I I totally think he he deserves it. Um, It's just a matter of if the voters feel that way.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think you can kind of see with Fantilli too, you know, in those games that he's missed, which I guess were honestly I think 10 of the 12 periods um, against Michigan State this year, um, like Adam Fantilli was not available and the offense was definitely worse against Michigan State than it has been and Michigan State's not a bad defensive team but they're not like this stellar team so I think like when you can see I mean obviously on the stat sheet he's leading the country in points but you can just see that like he drives the offense so much I think that like to me is like what makes a Hobie Baker winner like are they really what's winning games for a team and I don't think anyone really does it like Adam Fantilli in this country frankly um, so he definitely, to me, is the one of the two that I would say um, should win it. But obviously he is a freshman, and, you know, it's tough to win it as a freshman. So I'm not sure that he will.
3: Yeah, Not to echo all your guys' points, which I completely agree with. I think of the two, it's uh, Adam Fantilli. Partially because I think Luke Hughes has really picked it up in the second half. But that first half, there just wasn't quite the explosive point scoring potential. that There, frankly, was last year. And so I think that... <clears throat> Maybe you could make an argument that he should have won it last year, but this year, if it's anyone from Michigan, it's Adam Fantilli. And it's simply because of, like Noah was talking about, how much he brings to this team. When Adam Fantilli is on, Michigan is on, almost exclusively, because he's able to make plays from anywhere. And frankly, it's hard to even explain, but when the puck's on his stick, it's going in the back of the net. And so I think, frankly, he should win the Hobie Baker, but I do think that those things like... Missing games, even if to go play for a World Juniors uh tournament, right? Like, they're gonna look for anything to hold against him because he's a freshman and because he hasn't been here a long time.
1: Honestly, my guts tell me Maddie Nyes is gonna get it from Minnesota. Like, he just gives me the vibe of a player that they would select.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's obviously a super talented player, and it wouldn't be wrong in any yeah, sense. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, you know, we'll we'll see what they do with it, but Leafs legend. <laughs> But, yeah, there are, there are two Hobie Baker candidates on Michigan, which is usually a pretty good sign. However, um, what they don't have is age and experience, which I think is pretty helpful in the postseason usually, which is my segue into our next segment, which will be discussing what we think is going to happen in the NCAA tournament. Because we don't have real segment names here, and you all know that. So, I guess, uh, John, you want to get us started where you think they're going to end up?
2: Sure. Um, I, I think I'm going to stick with I recall. If I recall correctly, I, I made the same prediction, and I don't have any reason to kind of deviate from it. You know, they're going to host, uh, they'll be a host team, quote-unquote, which means they'll get to be in lovely Allentown, you know, full of Michigan homers. We of are. <laughs> but, oh, my God. Um, okay. But I have them winning that, that first game. You know, they'll play... I think they'll, if they're at fourth pair-wise, they play what the the 13th seed. Then is that correct? I think that's a team they'll probably be able to beat pretty handedly. But I think once they run into a higher seed in that second round, they'll probably not be able. They'll probably be able to escape the regional, but not necessarily that that next step. I think they'll run into a team like. I don't think it'll be a, a Quinnipiac like last year per se in terms of their talent level, but it'll be an older team. It'll be a stronger team. It'll be a team that probably can can summit them.
1: So. I'd, I'm not sure actually if they'll get sent to Allentown because I think Penn State has to go there, and Thank I think goodness. if you're if you're a if you're a one seed, I think you get sent elsewhere from duplicates from your conference. That would be because I I know they try not good. to double. I do not double like none double of us want time. to go to Allentown. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shout out if the NCAA is listening, stop scheduling games in Allentown. Ellsworth, um, Ellsworth. Literally, no one like no one.
0: We've got some hey, visitors who yeah. are disturbing us, but.
1: We'll, we'll continue um, on. So, like, let's say they go to Fargo, fingers crossed. Um, like, they're going to face – I don't even think uh, North Dakota is going to make it. They're 21st right now. Wow. Um But if they face some, some teams, if they're third, um, who's their, their match up there? I think it's, like, Northeastern or Cornell they might be in the same region with. Uh, maybe some teams like BU who they've played, Harvard, Michigan Tech. Like, those are all very beatable teams in a regional. Um, that being said, like – but you also gave them a headache when they didn't have like a full five on three five minute power play. Like yeah. the, the second game they lost three to two because largely they, they couldn't really get past the four check too bad. Um, but there's also some really good teams lurking in the, the two seed region like Western Michigan, like St. Cloud State, Penn State, Ohio State, like those are really tough teams. So if they have to face them, it could be hard to get out of the regional. I think they make the regional final. And I think they're it's going to be either a close loss or they're going to make it to the frozen four only to lose in the first round. I know that's super vague. I'm covering a lot of bases, but like I legitimately don't know. I also, if I can interject really
2: quickly, I just want to say that for college hockey in general, I think having matchups like that you don't get to see all that often, whether it's a Michigan Northeastern or a Michigan Cornell, that's something that draws eyes, draws listeners, draws viewers, whatever you want to call it, and it attracts people to the sport. And not only to the sp- Sport, but this specific area of it you know college hockey is still a growing thing especially with people like Adam Fantilli Luke Hughes coming and drawing actual attention to it whereas maybe previously it hasn't been as big of an avenue or a route for hockey players to go to the next level having games like those is much more important than running back another Penn State Michigan that people have seen already four times this season quick soliloquy
0: yeah, I mean, I I predicted back in, I think, January, which was the last time we did this podcast, that they would go to the Frozen Four and they would lose in the first round of the Frozen Four. And you know what? I think I'm going to change my prediction a little bit. I think they're not going to win the national championship, but I think they're going to be able to, in that one-game playoff, that like they're more talented than maybe every team in this country except Minnesota. Mm. Um, they don't have the experience, mm. but I do think that... Still, I think, like, that talent's going to shine through. Those lines are going to – two or three of them are likely going to be rolling to me. I think they haven't had that at times, but I think when it comes down to it, they will. Um, I think they're going to get to the national championship, um, but they're going to fall there. And I may be a little um, a little bit too optimistic here, uh, and that might be because I simply want to go to Tampa, Florida. Yeah. I um, – I would love to get down to the lovely city that is Tampa in mid-March and get out of the Michigan spring, winter, whatever season it will be by then.
3: I mean, I kind of disagree with that just because I think that you're saying like when they have two, three lines rolling, they can beat anyone. It's not when they have two or three lines rolling that they can beat anyone. It's when they have three lines rolling and that fourth line is playing a very specific role. And so I just wouldn't go as far to say that they'll make the national championship because I think that would require them to have – basically two or three back-to-back games where they're rolling in that manner and while they've been very good and they had that seven-game streak I just don't know if I can see them doing that against like the top of the top of the top competition when push comes to shove
1: i'll add two to use last year as an example if you look at down the stretch who was doing the scoring for the team the first line got like face guarded the entire time they couldn't find space they couldn't find offensive opportunities the the uh, brisson Beniers, and johnson line um, pretty much dried up in terms of scoring down the stretch i think they scored a little bit against aic maybe a goal or two against uh, quinnipiac but after that, I mean, if you look at Denver, they were not able to generate much. Um, the two Michigan goals, I think one was Marcus Estapa blocked a shot and Bortolo picked it up. And I think the senior line, I think it might have been Nolan Moyle, maybe Garrett Van Wy, don't quote me, um, scored the goals. Like it's not your top line. So basically scratch out the Fantilly line, assume that they're not going to score at the, the blistering pace that they have. Is the fourth line of Granowitz, Moyle, Keenan Draper or Phil Point, like, is that line going to be able to generate consistent offense? I don't think we've seen that enough. No, probably not. Um, That's it, not to say the second and third line can't step up yeah, too, but. Yeah,
0: I don't know. I I think maybe I was a little bit too optimistic on that, but, you know, I'll, I'll stick by it. And he wants to go to Tampa. To
1: play
2: devil's yeah. advocate. I'm going to say really quickly, because I know we're probably moving to our next segment, if there's a line that gets it done, I think it – I think it's the Ciccolini Nazar Hallam line. If there's a line that propels this team, I'm not saying they will. But I'm saying if, if it ends up being that we're sitting here, what have you, a month from now and we're talking about them going to Tampa and the Frozen Four, I think it's because you see Nazar hit an early stride. You see the connection between him and Ciccolini really have this like flowering ability. And then maybe Jackson Hallam, who in my opinion looks better every single weekend, you see a click between them that kind of picks up the slack that you're talking about, Connor, in terms of that first line, that second line. What, what happens when the chips are down and your guys who are normally who you turn to in those moments, they're not putting out the production you expect from them. All right. And I'm going
0: to use that. You said we should be moving on to our next segment. Our next segment is no segment as we are out of time. Uh, so thank uh, you guys for joining me. And we, are. we will see we are. all of you in two weeks.
3: Going rogue.
0: That'll be all for this week's episode of Highway to Hail. Thank you again to the Hockey Beat for joining me and thank you all for listening. As always, to read all of our content as the season goes on, go to michigandaily.com sports and see you guys in two weeks.